This weekend is Memorial Day, the traditional start of the U.S. summer travel season. Last year, there wasn't much travel because of the pandemic. So with vaccinations taking hold, will we see a new boom in travel and all the spending that goes with it? In this edition of Commerce Code, what's next in travel spending and offers? I'm Silvio Tavares here in San Francisco. This is Commerce Code, brought to you by DCA, the Digital Commerce Alliance. It's great to be with you. This weekend is Memorial Day, the traditional start of the summer and travel vacation season in the U.S. After more than a year of being travel restricted, will consumers flock back to airlines and start vacationing again? Well, the European Union certainly seems to think so. Last week, they announced that Americans who are vaccinated will be allowed to visit their favorite European travel destinations this summer. There's a catch, though. The specific date for when travel can resume has not been announced, and it's going to be up to the individual European countries to decide. So if you want to go to Greece and are vaccinated, you're in luck. You can go. If you want to go to the United Kingdom, well, right now, that's not being allowed. The bigger question is, will cross-border travel come back at full scale? Do consumers really feel comfortable traveling again when they're vaccinated? It's an important question because cross-border travel accounts for a very significant amount of commerce, especially for global payment networks and credit card issuers that rely on cross-border spending for a significant amount of their profits. Today on the show, we speak with Collinson one of the leading cross-border travel and digital commerce platforms. You may know them from their most famous offering, Priority Pass. That's the upscale global airport lounge network. So they have a lot of insight on how and when consumers are feeling comfortable traveling again. Ed Wogan is the chief merchant officer for Collinson Value Dynamics. That's the unit that provides technology to merchants and digital publishers for card linking and digital commerce. We discuss what comes next in travel and travel spending. Good morning, Ed. How are you? I'm great, Silvio. Thanks. How are you today? I'm doing great. And uh, where are you today, Ed? So I'm speaking to you today from uh, slightly north of Boston. We've got a beautiful spring day here. As you know, in New England, it takes us time to get here, but we seem to be on the right track. Now, traditionally, a big driver of card-linked offers has been travel and specifically cross-border travel. You have a really unique insight on this because, of course, you operate a global network of airport lounges around the world. You know, we're starting to see some of the vaccines taking hold, particularly in the U.S. and in some other markets like Europe. Is cross-border travel starting to bounce back and and with it some of those card-linked offer purchases? It totally is, Silvio. And we refer to it as revenge travel. So we've come across some new research that we've released recently that has revealed that pre-pandemic frequent flyers are ready to get back onto a plane and travel again. But they claim that they plan to fly approximately six times over the next 12 months. And compared to pre-COVID averages, that is almost 61% recovery compared to the travel velocity in 2019. 
However, travelers are really extremely safety conscious these days, Silvio, and 78% attribute being vaccinated against COVID as a key to their confidence in safety of air travel. And understandably, the desire to keep health risks to a minimum has been resulting in changes to the way that people are experiencing airport travel, for example. Many more are likely to fly short hauls and not take long trips. 28% are likely to use unmanned facilities wherever they can. Almost 50% are likely to use an airport lounge access that they didn't have on their radar prior to the pandemic. And 20% are more than likely to pre-order and collect their food and drink before they depart. So all of those factors spell really good opportunity for adoption and utilization of card-linked offers. You know, this revenge travel is certainly something that we're excited about, and we see our distribution and merchant partners equally as excited. Well, that's great to see that we're on the mend in terms of the global cross-border travel industry, because that's a big driver of retail purchases, but also just more generally of, of commerce. Great to hear that. Now, one of the unique things about Collinson Value Dynamics is you partner with so many different types of companies. You work with banks around the world to issue their priority pass card to consumers. You work with merchants to enable them to present their offers to consumers around the world to buy their goods and services. You work with large mobile platforms as well. A lot of companies are increasingly thinking, hey, we should become a really good partner to other companies, but they're trying to figure out how to do that because partnership seems to be a key driver of success in digital commerce. How should companies properly shift their mindsets to partnership? And what techniques should they use to become partners with companies instead of just competitors with other companies? Yeah, that's a great question, Silvio, and one we've spent a lot of time thinking about and attempting to solve for. So to your point, the depth and breadth of partnerships that we maintain has really led us to start to think in the context of an ecosystem or a marketplace. And at the end of the day, all of these companies have got to continue to remain laser focused on delivering a really highly individualized customer experience with relevance at its core. So in order to ensure that they are resonating with that consumer, and as technology has continued to evolve, companies have got to continue to think about the most efficient way to deliver on that customer delight experience. So this may require a bit of a change in mindset from building technology or creating products and services themselves in-house to thinking in the context of strategic partnerships, right? Or buying or aligning themselves with someone who is a best-in-class provider of a product or a service or a solution. It's really forced our partners and Value Dynamics, for that matter, to really continue to remain nimble and to be thinking about consumer demand in the context of how can we go out and align ourselves with the best possible provider and solution to deliver that optimal customer experience. And one of the things that you have demonstrated, and I think a lot of it was shown in what you just shared, is Collinson's become pretty good at that in terms of turning a competitor into a partner. Can you give me a specific example of maybe a company that you guys were maybe more of a competitor in the marketplace with, and then all of a sudden that turned into a pretty fruitful partnership? 
In the context of that collaboration that we've been talking about, we've all had to adopt a bit of an open value exchange mindset with the customer being at the core of everything that we do. And that will ultimately define who is going to win in the long term. Collinson Value Dynamics has had a long-term vision of creating that open marketplace. So that means that we need to collaborate closely with people that we previously may have considered our competitors. And one example that comes to mind is our relationship with a company called Agio Fig. And they are a customizable platform that addresses specific brand objectives and then delivers a personalized customer experience. So they've got great reach and content capabilities, which really nicely complement what Value Dynamics is continuing to build upon. So collectively, our partnership can bring even greater value for both of us and ultimately is going to result in a more relevant and richer consumer experience. One of the key areas that Constant Value Dynamics is known for is card linking, enabling a publisher, sometimes it's an airline, sometimes it's a bank, sometimes it's just an app, but enabling that app to present discounts that are linked to a card and all the consumer has to do is use their card and voila, they get a discount. The use of these card linked offers has grown dramatically over the last 12 months, but people, consumers seem to be using them a bit differently. What is the most common pattern you've noticed over the past year during the pandemic in how consumers use card-linked offers and card-linking? One of the most interesting occurrences has been the acceleration of the blurring of the lines between conventional brick-and-mortar retail and e-commerce. Consumers seem to have really reduced the importance of the fulfillment or the final mile of the supply chain. We have enough familiarity and confidence in buying online and picking up in store or buying online and having it delivered to your home that there's almost minimal skepticism around the process. And this has resulted in a greater deference for contactless payment as well, which consumers have become more comfortable with. And all of these factors have set the stage for consumers to expect and receive a highly customized and personalized experience. And that's inclusive of the way they are marketed too. So thinking about merchant-funded rewards and card-linked offers, receiving promotions that are data-driven and closely aligned with their preferences is one of the most common patterns that consumers have come to expect. Maybe share with me an example of that. Is there a specific example that you would call out from one of your partners or customers that really exemplifies this, this change? Yeah, one great example would be a online purveyor of fresh food products whose utilization by consumers has absolutely skyrocketed. They saw an opportunity to utilize card-linked offers as both an acquisition and retention tool for existing and prospective customers. So utilizing our card-linked offer platform to reach those consumers with a compelling incentive is one great example of how COVID drove an opportunity for a merchant to take advantage of current consumer sentiment. Excellent, Ed. And you are the chief merchant officer. Many of our listeners will know Collinson because of their famous Priority Pass product, which enables you to access business class lounges all over the world. But you're the chief merchant officer for the Value Dynamics business. What does the chief merchant officer role entail? 
My roles and responsibilities include working with and supporting a team of professionals who are out in the market generating content for merchant-funded rewards to be distributed to our financial institution and affiliate partnerships and ultimately delivering value to consumers. Well, thank you, Ed. That was a really great insight. And I really appreciate you sharing so candidly some of the really dynamic things you're doing at Collinson Value Dynamics. Well, my pleasure, Silvio. I really enjoyed speaking with you today. That's Ed Wogan, the Chief Merchant Officer of Collinson Value Dynamics, speaking to us from Boston, Massachusetts. Coming right up, some closing thoughts on travel and digital commerce. Reports of the death of travel have been greatly exaggerated. Yes, it's true that the pandemic did bring global travel to a standstill. No, it's not true that people will do all of their business online in the future. The fact is people like to travel both for pleasure and for business. No technology in the foreseeable future will change that. As we heard on the show today, the good news for digital commerce companies is that their platforms can profit from the expected boom in revenge travel. Consumers will spend more on their credit cards as they travel. Merchants that use card-linked offers to present personalized travel deals to consumers, they also will outperform. New platforms that use card and payment data to match cross-border travel merchants with cross-border travels, they also will win. And last, but most importantly, partnerships among these companies will be a big win and a big driver for growth for the industry. If you want to learn more about the latest trends in cross-border digital commerce, check out our website at www.digcomall.org. That's www.digcomall.org. For the Digital Commerce Alliance, take care of yourself and take care of each other. God bless you. This is Silvio Tavares signing off. (laughs) 